Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I find it rather fitting to see that what's going on out in society, out in nature, and out in this nation is giving us all kinds of signs and warnings. This is not a message this morning about guns. This is another warning from the Lord. And when I mention Las Vegas, every one of us, because of technology, know exactly what took place. Everyone's trying to come up with why it happened and what was involved and who really was involved and all of that. This message is not about that. This message is a warning again to us as a nation. Not just a community, not just a group of believers in this house, but to this nation. And also we know not only about Las Vegas, but we also know there's another storm that's coming up through the Gulf. God is trying to warn this nation of things to come. May we respond better to the word of the Lord than we do the weather channel. So I'm not going to divulge into the story of... uh, Las Vegas and all the things that we've heard. And there's been some incredible stories of individuals that made the ultimate sacrifice. That's an example of what he did for all nations for all time when his son died upon the cross for each and every one. If you have your Bibles this morning, at the close of the message, I want to share two stories with you that should also help us to get a little bit clearer vision in our eyesight for the coming of the Lord. Are you prepared? Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. What I want to drop into your mind and into your spirit and into your heart is this. Not everyone is going to rejoice At his return. The Bible says there will be much wailing. If you've ever been in a funeral service. Notice I said funeral. Not celebration. Because when you're in a funeral service. When they do not know where that loved one really went. I've been around a lot of wailing. And it can really rivet and gut you. When you hear people begin to wail. It could be a verse for the church who has stepped into religion but not into a relationship. And there will be many who were church-oriented, church-bound that will wail because they were in religion but not a relationship. He did not come to establish religion. He came to establish in us a relationship. Like Many of us are married, that's nice, but are you in love? That's a relationship. (laughs) And are you doing the things it takes to remain in love? Let me drop this into your spirit this morning. Almond Gunner was with us last Monday. He's with us every Monday. 
all over this district. He told the story of Warren Buffett and how he lived by one principle. And that principle was this, 1%. Come on, church. What does that mean? Today I will be 1% better than I was yesterday, and tomorrow I will be 1% better than I am today. Let's just talk about the church in view of 1%. How well are we doing in letting people know Jesus is coming again? Like you could be at a ball game. You could be at the mall, like you could be wherever, and you know what? He's not waiting for you to get back home. He's coming when the Father calls. Give him praise in the house this morning. One author put it this way in the Daily Bread. Jesus is coming back. It may be soon. It will be sudden. Is that good news or bad? It's up to you. That's why there will be those that will be wailing. Oh, my God, I just was at confession last night. Oh, my God, I was a part of. You'll hear people crying out like that. I was a part of the festival. Oh, my God, I gave all of this. But did you ever give your heart? That's what God's about. God is about your heart. Come on, church. Come on, church. And so since I just kind of tapped in on heart, I got this yesterday. Please don't be uh, bothered by it, but maybe develop it. So they ask a coach at the college level, what does it mean for you to have a competitive nature? And he said, we're starting to score all of our athletes based on this rubric. Listen closely, please. I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about sports. Zero, you really don't belong here. One, you don't care. Two, you just show up. Three, your play is average. Four, you know how to compete. Five, you're a fierce competitor. And then the uh, individual asked this particular coach, and now this becomes a giveaway, and they said, Coach, who would be a number five in all the years that you coached? I'm talking about heart today. I'm talking about the church today and that rubric that I just laid out. He said, Tim Tebow. He said, Tim Tebow, a fierce competitor, a five. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ was a five at the cross. And he wants you and I to be a five every day in our lives. Francis Schaeffer's son wrote a book called Addicted to Mediocrity. And people who are mediocre get upset when they're around people that have a fierce competition on the inside for the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus prayed, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he went on to say much later, listen closely, The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. There were no guns up here. There were no swords up here. There was no blood shed up here. But there was a fierce, violent prayer going on up here. Come on, church. Can you see it? Listen, the enemy is petrified of prayer. 
Uh, you might want to write that one down right there. Not for me, for you. If you want to stonewall the enemy, become a person of prayer. You can stop him dead in his tracks every time. Because there's power in prayer. Jesus prayed more than he preached. There will be a lot of wailing at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be plenty inside facilities as much as you will see outside. Those that have never heard of Jesus, why would they wail? They never heard of Jesus. The wailing is going to become very apparent because there are many that have heard and resisted the voice of the Lord. Secondly, in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let me touch down in the bedrock of your soul. Mm, Not spirit, not mind, but your soul. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. Let me read God's word again. Trust, but verify. Listen. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's coming again. Boy, we used to sing that, and that just rings so strong in my heart, in my spirit, in my soul, in my mind. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? This afternoon, I'm not preaching this message. The Holy Spirit gave me a message as we were going to Jacksonville, and it's entitled, How Are You Dressed? I won't preach it now. You're either in grave clothes or grace clothes. (laughs) There are many Christians who are still dressed in their old garments, and their attitudes and their behavior reveals that. (laughs) One church. There will be hope at the coming of the Lord. Listen closely to a quote. As we await our Savior's return, let's keep on praying, working, and watching while looking for the blessed hope. Our only hope for this world is Jesus Christ. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Listen, I got the shock of my life when everything was finalized and settled with my parents because they never told us anything about those things. (laughs) So I don't talk about it either. But they were always talking about, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? And it was like, Dad, could you please get off that? He stayed on it. And then he used to talk about the theological term. Listen closely. Ronald Reagan brought it to our attention last week. He used to say, do you understand that God's word teaches the imminent, come on church, the imminent return of Jesus Christ? Everything is ready for the return of the Lord. Are you? The imminent return means at any moment. There's nothing else biblically, theologically, prophetically that needs to take place. All that we're waiting for is for the father's voice to say to the son, go get the children. If you have your Bibles, always trust but verify. Holy Spirit, I love you. I thank you for your ministry. Guard your heart against people who try to set dates in the coming of the Lord. That's outside Scripture. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. This is Jesus speaking. 
But of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. (laughs) So if the Son of God doesn't know, I don't care what prophet, pastor, teacher, it does not matter, they don't know. Why did you listen when God's word is very clear? Let me read it again. But of that day and hour knows no man. That's freaky to me. I mean, most of us want to know what's going down, don't we? We want to know there's a storm coming, don't we? We want to know if there's a shooter on campus, don't we? We want to know if there's a sexual predator in the neighborhood, don't we? We want to know. No one knows the hour of the coming of the Son of Man, but Jesus, no, the Father knows. (laughs) So you got to be real careful when you're around people who are talking. Trust, but verify. And so the point out of that verse is this. There will be no one that knows the hour of his coming. That verse backs up the first point. That there will be many that will be wailing. I wish Jesus would come while I'm ministering the word. Either here, in there, or on the campus. And there's there's a lot of ways to minister God's word. Sometimes it's by example. And you say nothing. You just live it out. Come on, church. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. At the close, I want to share two stories. And there's just three verses to go. What are we talking about this morning? Not Las Vegas. You know more about that than I do. I've gotten glimpses of what took place. And it's not about guns. It's about hearts. Vance Havner said it, and I put it out there in the educational world this week, and it went over real big. Because we don't even know who the real educator is. But I said to them, in a proper setting, Vance Havner used to say, whatever's in the well comes up in the bucket. It's not the guns. Let me get off that. It was what was in the well, or whoever was involved. Everything in your well comes up in your bucket. Thank you, Vance Havner. Thank you, Vance Havner. So when you hear me say something that's really not right, and I say, whoops, I'm sorry. Man, no, that came up out of my well. Come on, church. See, I just used myself as an example. Well, they made me say it. Oh, you're kidding me. Whose puppet are you? Hmm. Jesus used a different term. Who's your daddy? Who's your father? Is that better? For all the theological people, is that better? He said, Who, who's your father? <laughs> Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with angels. So let me just drop this in here. I'll finish the verse. Father, I ask until you come that you will place angels all around the lives of your people in this room, in the body of Christ, and those that you're bringing into the kingdom. We're asking for divine intervention. Release angels on assignment so that the kingdom of Jesus Christ will flourish. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. May I use this as an example? Thank you. In education, everyone is evaluated based upon the Danielson model. That's man's model. That's not God's model. 
That may be Urban, whoops, Meyer's way of scoring athletes, but that's not God's model. God is going to, listen, he's going to reward everybody in this room based on their works. Let me read it again. And he shall reward every man according to his works. Come on, church. You see, why do I need to look at everybody else when I already have a legend in my life? Which would be twofold. Jesus Christ himself and my earthly dad. (laughs) I used to pick on him. And I used to say, "Uh, Daddy, you're living up here. Please don't be offended. You're living up here in Michigan. You know you're a Buckeye. Why are you remodeling this facility? And on top of that, Daddy, they're not even paying you for your work and all the stuff, the material that you're putting in. Used to drive me nuts. And he would take the parsonage. Y'all know that the church owns the parsonage. And he would fix it up for free. And I'd say, what is the matter with you? You're not getting any ROI. And then he would just quietly begin to whistle, which really bugged me. And then he would begin singing unto the Lord, and that would drove me away from him. Like, I don't want to hear that. And then when I finally would simmer down, how many of you ever heard that term? You need to simmer down just a little bit. That's what he'd say to me, and he would say something like this. Are you ready? My rewards are on the other side. I'm in the context of that verse. Son, Dennis. Oh, and if he got aggravated, it would be Dennis Wayne. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My re- Church, come on. My rewards are on the other side. That's the legacy that our teenagers are not seeing today. And so they don't know who their daddy is. They don't know that there's an old rugged cross. They don't know that Jesus Christ said, I'll I'll go down that they may come up. Come on, church. I'll go down into the lower bits of hell that they might be able to come up and be with me at a banquet table that'll have great, oh, man, you talk about, ooh, food. And turkey breasts, ooh, everything you can think of. And all those southern hospitalities that you all love. All of those items will be there at the banquet table. I'm going to go down that they may come up. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. But see, religion says our men, our people who are like us. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said all men. From all walks of life. From all nations. All nature. I want them all to come in. Whosoever will may come. Now am I willing to forego my rewards here for there? I know I'm going to be judged at a different level because I had an example in front of me. See, people can play and go, I never was here, but Jesus was here, so how do I know? He will always put somebody in your path who will show you the model. Always. He will always do it. So thanks be unto God for good earthly daddy who has shown me how to live down here and finish up 
the work that he called me to. Obedience is better than sacrifice. (laughs) Who's going to heaven? Those who are obedient. (gasps) What do you mean by that? Those who are obedient. I'm a sinner, I'm a sucker, and there's a whole lot of other S's I could use. But I'm getting my tail straight to the cross, and I'm bowing before the cross and saying, ready for the last S? I need a Savior. I need a Savior. One more S, are you ready for this one? And I want you to come and give me a new spirit. (laughs) Because I do want to live eternally with you. You built me for the other side, that's where I want to go. I'm not taking the tunnel ride down. I'm going over to the other side. Hallelujah. Let's wrap it up. And then two stories. For those who feel like this is really non-relevant, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yes, it does. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I saw him one time, and I'm being very respectful here, please. I guess they used to call him two bits over at Florida Field. And he could get... All of those people jacked up and everybody responding. They do the same thing up with Rocky Top. They do the same thing over in Tallahassee. They do the same thing up in Columbus. They do the same thing out in Alabama. But there's no shout like the shout of the Lord. Sorry, Father. I thought that was appropriate. I mean, the enemy is screaming. Why can't you shout once in a while? The enemy is screaming. Why can't you shout once in a while? (laughs) For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. (laughs) All of you that have loved ones that have gone on before you, they're still going to be there before you get there. So I guess I have to be in second place for right now. Hmm. But I can't wait. For that shout. I can't wait for that trumpet sound. Because he's coming again. That brings us to the resurrection of the dead. That will be lifted up. And all of us that remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord forever. Last verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2. Hmm. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. I want to leave this with you. There will be those who will be surprised at his coming. Let me share two stories with you. And may they resonate within your heart. Julie Gerhardt came up to me the other day and she said, Coach, can I talk to you? I said, sure, always. She said, thank you for praying for Grayson. He's really struggling. I knew immediately what she was talking about. Richard Cabeza. Death will come as a thief in the night. On that day, Richard Cabeza, Grayson, and several others went swimming. Just going to go swimming, have some fun. 
Nothing foolish, nothing ridiculous, no foul play. Richard Cabeza did not know that that was the last day of the show on earth. His life was coming to an end that day. He didn't know, but Father knew. And all of us who are living in Chiefland, we know what happened, that he drowned. It was not that long ago. And his jersey is out at Beach. But the memory is in Grayson. And he's struggling because his friend is gone. And he was there trying to rescue, trying to help, trying to prevent what was happening. Are you trained? Are you willing to be trained? Will you be a trainer in the kingdom for those that you're to rescue? Richard Cabeza, just a teenager. The enemy used to convince me too, man, your dad's a pastor. You go to church three times on Sunday. Now look what we do. We go once and that's too much. Oh, I like to bring down the heat sometimes because I'm a five. I'm a five. I will always be a five. Has nothing to do with where he coaches. Thank you, God, for a man who's teaching me how to be above the line. I'm a five. I used to be tricked because the enemy is a trickster. He is the deceiver. I used to believe because I went to church three times on Sunday and once on Wednesday, I'm good. I was not good, nor was I redeemed. Being in this facility and hearing the word of the Lord this morning doesn't put you in the kingdom. You must be born again. Those are not my words. Jesus said it. You must be born again. We already talked about Nick and what he tried to, you know, he was trying to be slick. Remember that last week, so I'm not going to go back there. So lift up Grayson and the other students that are still struggling like, whoa, dude, he was right there. We, whoa, we were having fun and within moments he's out of here. We recovered his body, but his spirit was lifted. Story number two. Oh, by the way, I've been doing this a little while, so I don't, I, if you emotionally bring people to an altar, which I'm not even trying to do, that doesn't mean they're in the kingdom. That just means they're riding a roller coaster right now. I want to know that I know that I know that I am redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And you should walk out these doors today going, am I yours? Am I your child? Is my name written down? I need to know. I remember this uh, young man. I had him when he was at middle school. Deshaun Rowland. Huh. Scat back. Speech. Go ahead and break down. He'll break your ankles while you're breaking down. Make a cut and go. A football and basketball. And helped Chief in high school get to the final four. Because of his athleticism. See, I'm not the judge on either one of those lives, but Deshaun was merely on the south end of our community, on on our street. And someone spoke to me shortly after his passing. They were there at the scene, and when they were finally able to get to him, 
He had this weird look on his face and his eyes. And we are adults. And those are children. Young people. Who are running amok. I didn't say he was running amok. But there are kids. If you will look into their face. And look into their eyes. Something's wrong. And it is our responsibility. To go out. And to live a life. That is pleasing unto the Lord. So that they know by model alone. They need to get ready. And to get ready is to get right. Not with a church or a church leader. But with the one who was on the cross. Just get right with God. So this morning, God gave us three stories, and then he packed it in with scriptures. Las Vegas just happened a week ago. And I'm going to give you a a word that you may trust but verify that won't be the end if this nation doesn't begin repenting. Because 9-11 was a front. No, 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 no. What happened was real. But how we've responded, we have drifted away from that immediate reaction. God, be merciful. And all over the nation, God, be merciful. God, we, we repent. We... What's 9-11? When, when did that happen? 9-11. We're good. Whew, it's a dangerous thing to mock in front of the Lord. When I repent, that calls for change. And if I don't change, I didn't repent. Because repentance means a changing of your ways. Intellectually and then experientially. So there's that and then two homegrown right here. And both boys played on state athletic programs. Richard Cabeza, the baseball team, Fort Myers. Little did he know how close he was that in the thief of the night, that thief, boom, death would come. And then, of course, Richard, the Bezer. And then Deshaun. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're here, anyone that is here and would say, you know what? Man, and, and the title doesn't mean anything to me. You can just say Dennis, that's fine. Man, you know what? I've been a very religious person, but I don't know about a relationship with him. Man, I don't even know what a relationship would be like. But I need to make sure that I have a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. I would invite you to come in just a moment. Or you're here today and you go, you know what? Man, I always stand the flame of religion. Man, I just constantly. And people are so proud of me because, man, I I just do it right. That sounds like religion to me. When you say, I missed the mark and I keep on missing it, that sounds like a relationship to me. For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's good. Man, I don't miss, I do everything right. Ain't nothing I don't do that ain't right. I'm so good. I'll stop that right there. This morning, as I close, Are you prepared? This is the last message for now. Unless the Lord changes for next Sunday. He's given us three weeks on being prepared. And we have literal examples here and also in nature 
of what God is trying to say to this nation. Are you prepared? Is your family prepared? And are you willing to be a trainer? Pastor, I'm in good shape. Setting over in Hilliard Friday night. And the Lord just, just back to me. And there was an injury out on the field to the sideline. And I, I'm watching it, checking it, observing the trainer. Then I see the paramedics come. And I kind of elbowed Robin. I said, what do you think? You see, God didn't put me in leadership to show, to show out. <laughs> Neither did Jesus come to show off and, sh- and, and be. Y'all here? I said, what do you think? You think I should go down there as an administrator? She said, yeah, I think you should. You want to be around authentic people. Authentic. Anybody can show out. Anybody can do their thing when the lights roll up. Somebody said to me the other day, I'm going to close this out. They're going to be changing the locker for the baseball team. And I said, how's that going to change the play on the field? I don't care what you wear. I don't care what you drive. I don't care what you got. How's that going to change what you, who you are? Uh-huh. It's like, whoo, get off our toes. Mine too. The Holy Spirit wants us to be real. Authentic. So, I make my way down there, and I went straight to the trainer. I said, give me some info. Tell me what's going on. Where are we? What do we need to do? I didn't step in and go, this is what we need to do. Ooh. That's hot. That's hot. What do you need for me to do? How can I help? God is looking for trainers this morning who won't tell him how to do it. Holy Spirit of God. But you just walk up to the scene and the situation and you go to the trainer who's the Holy Spirit who would be, uh uh-huh, the one with information. How do you want me to handle this? How do I handle? And I'm just here to serve. God is looking for trainers in this house. God is looking for anyone that would like to come out of religion and walk into a relationship. If you're here this morning in need of a relationship, come and stand here. I'm talking about, listen, I'm not talking about so someone can see you. I'm talking about you want to make sure. I hear that they played one, Petty, whatever his name was. They played one of his songs that you had yesterday during one of the timeouts or at halftime. I guess he just died recently. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus is coming, shall we pray? Father, I Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.